0: Hi, welcome to Cheers. I'm your host, Avery Woods. Hi guys, welcome back to Cheers. I'm your host, Avery Woods, and I'm kind of drunk. I will be totally (laughs) honest. We are in Austin, Texas. And I have a very special guest, Miss Courtney Shields. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for being on Cheers. It's an honor. I I mean, you know, I've followed you forever. I've been obsessed with you, and I told you that. But when we met at the Dibs event in Scottsdale, we talked about this, and I was like, you have to be on Cheers with me. And so you just launched your podcast, Courtside with Court. Yes, ma'am. And I love it so much. So we just recorded her episode on her podcast right before this and she got me my favorite Kim Crawford wine and I am like a bottle deep
1: we started drinking it about four hours ago yeah. so yeah
0: and then after this I was like let's do like some Austin shopping and food and
1: we're gonna go shopping and then we're gonna go get drinks I'm gonna do your glam and then we're gonna go out
0: I'm so excited and that's so Courtney we'll go back to like all the things I want to ask her but she is the founder of dibs which I you guys know I use every single day like I love my dibs and I don't just say that because I'm in your presence like you know I love it thank you so she's doing my glam which I'm so thrilled about because you do the best glam
1: thank you I'm so excited because Avery doesn't do much with the eyes like your skin is always skinning and your eye color is so pretty you obviously don't need anything but I'm just excited because I feel like it'll be different oh Switch for it up.
0: sure yeah I feel like you're gonna make me look feel, like, really hot.
1: A million bucks, girl. And I love
0: that. Okay, so this is all about you, my queen. Um, I want to hear, like, about your childhood. I know you said you were born in Manhattan, but you grew up in Austin.
1: I grew up here from the time I was about one and a half.
0: Okay. And you liked it?
1: I loved it. Okay. Um, I definitely struggled a little bit as far as, like, being bullied and stuff like that in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, I had a really happy Very grounded, like, family-centric childhood. Mm -hmm. My – shit hit the fan for me probably six years ago. Okay. So it was good, and then everything, like, all of my trauma is is as an adult.
0: Yeah, and you've been through so much, and I feel like you and I vibe in the sense of you are such a boss-ass business bitch, and you've never let – your haters get to you and you've always been so strong and I feel like that's why we clicked immediately because you've kind of been on that same vibe together but first of all I want to go back to like did you go to college how did you get into influencing like what yeah. what is that all about because I honestly don't even know
1: so I went to Berklee College of Music in Boston you
0: went to Berkeley?
1: Yeah. So Berkeley, Boston, and Berkeley, California are two different Berkeleys. People yes. always think it's Cal Berkeley, but Berkeley in Boston is the music school. Okay. And I thought, fun fact about me, I thought I graduated college. I'm 36 years old for reference. And I thought I graduated college up until about seven months ago. Wait, really? Yep. <laughs> um, we were you don't know the story. I've only ever told it one time. I've only ever told it one time on one podcast and that was it. Okay. So you
0: know people are gonna be like, oh my god. No, He's I just educated.
1: didn't know. Oh, okay. I don't, first, I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. I just didn't know. Got it. Until seven-ish months ago. So I co-founded Dibs. We launched it, which we can get into. Um, but that was two Septembers ago. We have been working on it for much longer than that. But we just raised our Series A. So investors about, I want to say my like, track of time right now is crazy but I want to say it's seven or eight months ago okay. something like that so during diligence we raised with a company called El Caterton they're amazing and it was like absolutely our number one pick and so it's a branch of LVMH all that so with El Catterton, they do diligence on all of their founders because they only back the best founders in the world so it's really important they go through this whole diligence process so one day there's four total co-founders of dips. one is myself Um, Jeff, our CEO, who Mm -hmm. was formerly working with A-Rod and J-Lo, he's amazing lawyer by trait, just like grade A human being. Um, and then Dan and Ken, who I also have just like immense respect for the founders of Tula, also the founder of Bobby Brown. Oh, nice. Okay. So the four of us comprise the founders of Dibs Mm -hmm. and we're in the middle of our raising our series A with Catterton and we're there and they're like. In in the middle of diligence, so they go through everything. So I get a call one day from Dan, and he calls me and he says, "Hey, do you have a minute?" And I'm like, "Yeah, what's up?" He's like, "Um, I just have to ask you something. So they're, we're in the middle of diligence right now. Quick question. Doesn't matter. No one cares. Um, but we're just going through diligence. They're like buttoning everything up. Did you graduate college?" I'm like, "Yeah, obviously." He's like, "Okay, well, it looks like it's coming up like you didn't." Um. So I need to figure this out. I call my mom panicking 30 minutes later. And I'm like, mom, I graduated college, right? Because this is such a me thing to do. To let something so simple and easy. It's like I have the full confidence. I have absolute full confidence in myself that I can accomplish anything that I want to do. I see no ceiling. And I will get anything done that I want to do. Like, whatever I set my mind to, I will do it. But I will absolutely forget to pay, like, the water bill or something. Like, it's something
0: like $15. really
1: basic that I just, like, <laughs> completely just because I forgot. Or, like, I didn't know where I put it or something. Yeah. So, this is so me. So, my mom's like, yeah, of course you graduated. You had a graduation party. We walked. Like, we, we flew up to Boston. We watched you walk the stage. I got a graduation present. The whole nine. And then she calls me back about 20 minutes later and she's like, uh, you know, now that you're saying this, I don't ever remember actually receiving your diploma. Oh, so this was 12 shit. years ago. And I'm like, not 12 what years. do you mean? She's like, well, uh, yeah, I don't actually I didn't really think about it at the time, but I don't think that we ever received your diploma. Fast forward. I did not, in fact, graduate college. I have one credit left. Oh, shit. And it's ensemble, which is banned for anyone who's not familiar with music terms. So I have one credit left, and it is literally a band credit.
0: Is it too late to go back?
1: Well, I ended up posting <laughs> one video about this. The video went viral, mm-hmm. and Berkeley emailed me, and they were like, so we heard we you need help finishing graduating. I haven't emailed them back yet. but Wait,
0: that's actually amazing. Good <clears> for yeah. Berkeley.
1: So hopefully we can figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of funnier.
0: What did you study? Songwriting. Good for you. I can see it.
1: Performing and songwriting. I loved I loved it, but I didn't ultimately want to do it as my career.
0: Yeah. So how did finishing, well, semi-finishing college and then getting into- I just left, I say you now. Just, you're like, bye. I left
1: left college, not graduated.
0: <laughs> and then kind of go into how influencing came about from there.
1: I was married at the time to a Dallas Cowboy. Yep. Um, Spoiler alert, I'm divorced, but I w- was married at the time.
0: I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but.
1: It's okay. <laughs> um, and he, I was teaching kids guitar and piano. Oh, cute. I was working at Nordstrom. Okay. In the beauty department, and I was hustling.
0: Wait, why is that so you and really so cute? me? I
1: kind of loved it.
0: I, have you seen Marvelous Miss Maisel on no. Amazon? You would love that show. Really? And it's giving that vibe. Okay. And you would. That's going to be your new favorite show. Okay. I'm excited. I need a new show. It's so good. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. she works up. at like the makeup counter, but she wants to be a comedian. It's really, really cute. You would love it. Okay. I'll
1: have to watch. I'm okay. really excited. I love this for you. So I was working at the makeup counter. I was teaching kids guitar and piano. And I was always that person for all of my friends when they said, hey, I'm going on a date. What do I wear? What makeup should I do? I need new foundation. My skin's oily. What do I buy? And so they were calling me from Ulta. And from Sephora and from Nordstrom, they're like, I'm in here. Like, what do I need? And I was giving these recommendations out and then it helped them. And so they were telling their friends and then these like third party people were calling me, Hey, I'm friends with so-and-so. Can you give me a recommendation? And I started recommending things to all these people and really loving it Mm -hmm. and realizing, wait, I've always loved this. And I liked the feeling of being able to help women feel more confident. I always say it's like outside in, inside out. And The truth of the matter and I might get shit on for saying this but like when you look good you feel good
0: absolutely I I 100% agree
1: and whenever you don't feel good if I like I'm having a bad day I'm like get your ass up put an outfit on like wear a bright color put a little lip liner on like just get up you know and and I think that helping people feel beautiful through being able to learn new tips and tricks and do their makeup became like a huge passion of mine Mm -hmm. so I started sharing it online this was like 10 years ago started sharing it online and then it just grew and it was always a really slow and steady burn for me. Like there was never a huge viral moment. And I've had obviously like viral videos on TikTok and stuff like that, like Mm -hmm. pretty consistently, but there wasn't a moment that spurred a lot of growth when it was primarily Instagram and a blog at this point.
0: So did you start blogging first or Instagram first? Kind
1: of at the same time.
0: Okay. And you're mostly doing beauty or fashion or just both?
1: Beauty primarily, but also fashion. It would be like how to look hot at the gym.
0: Oh, that's actually really... I would, see, I would like stop scrolling on TikTok though if I saw that. Yeah. Because I love that stuff. Because when I go to the gym, I feel intimidated. Like at Pilates, I feel fine because it's like 10 girls oh, and all yeah. these girls. But like if I'm weightlifting, I I want to feel put together in myself. So I love when girls do like... A little bit of lip liner and lip gloss. Well, you should feel
1: amazing at the gym because your body, guys, her body in person is so insane. I remember thinking that when I saw you at the Dibs event, I was like, holy shit. Um, But yeah. You should feel only anything but confident, well, like everything. But
0: when I asked you at the at the Dibs event, I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Because your body's insane. Thank you. And you're like, I just go and walk. So I was like, Oh, that's crazy. Pilates,
1: walks, and pilates, and mm. I lift, but I lift minimally. And y'all, I'm a grandma, and so I went to lift a ten pound weight yesterday and pulled my neck out. This I spent the girl, whole day on the couch.
0: This poor girl has had like a little what is it like a heated it's neck like pad a heated rice neck pad on her neck all day. So thank you for like sitting here with of me. Of course. And neck being all kinked.
1: I told Avery, I was like, I have to sit on this side of the camera because I can only turn towards you.
0: Oh no, this is actually like the side I sit on for the podcast. Oh, perfect. perfect. Okay. So when did you realize like, holy shit, I could make this my job?
1: Probably when I was pregnant with Kinsley. Okay. When I was pregnant with my daughter, things started to pick up and I started to actually make money and I wasn't making a ton of money at Mm -hmm. the time, but I was making enough that I could... Afford to leave Nordstrom. It was a small salary, but it was a salary. Mm-hmm. And I felt good about that. So it was probably, I guess, six years ago then.
0: Dang. So I did, It's been so a minute, girl. Well, because so many things have happened in the last six years for you that like six years doesn't feel that long ago, but also you've experienced so much that it probably feels like
1: forever. It was everything at one time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't make a dime for three years. That's crazy. Not a dime. And then everything happened sort of in the span of that one to two years. And it was right about the time I was pregnant. My dad got diagnosed with cancer. I started changing and like this was now my full-time income. It was I like to say that my life has been a collection of really high highs and really low lows and they're always at the same time.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, I want to touch on all those things, but when your dad passed of cancer, were your parents still married? Yeah. What kind of cancer did he have? Colon cancer. Do you remember when you found out?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I was standing in my garage, Mm. and I was six months pregnant. Oh, my God. And my parents called me when they were together. And I was really close with both my parents, and they lived, at the time, 15, 20 minutes away from me. And they called you? So I saw them all the time, and they called me. They were leaving the doctor's office. And I remember thinking it was so weird that they called me together, and they just said that they needed to tell me something, And my dad said that he had cancer. And I was like, wait, 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 back it up. What? Because up until this point, my dad was super healthy, thriving. My dad was like George Clooney. (laughs) He was just this sort of, like, he was the best dad. He was such a family guy. He came from nothing. Like, my dad came from nothing and worked really, really hard. Built a company. He was an entrepreneur, which is where I think I get a lot of my, like, entrepreneurial Um, senses so I because I got to watch him build something from nothing and so he came from nothing built everything that he had and was the CEO of his company founded his company played golf four days a week drove a motorcycle sports cars built cars in the garage every day like he was so healthy until all of a sudden one day he wasn't
0: Mm -hmm. and how long after he was diagnosed did he pass a year Oh my God. So So Kinsley was was
1: six months old when he died.
0: Oh, that's so heartbreaking. And it's, it really is like such a blessing that he was able to meet her obviously, but it doesn't make it any easier as you like come into parenthood. Cause I feel like it hurts that much more. I think
1: that was my, I'm all about perspective for me. Life is so much of life is perspective and how you choose to look at things and how you frame it because there's always someone that has it, so much worse than you and there's always someone that has it so much better mm-hmm. and that's life really and when I think about my dad I've chosen over the past he passed five years ago so over the past five years or I guess like five and a half um I've chose to see the positives and I've chosen to see that like I had such a great dad I mean we like got into it when I was younger for sure like we yeah. would argue because we we're very similar <clears throat> but I had such a great dad that I feel like so many people don't And I feel really blessed to have had him for 30 years. It's not something that everybody can say, Mm -hmm. but my biggest thing, and I miss him every single day, but my biggest thing is that I wish Kinsley would have gotten to grow up with him. But one of my friends at the time said something and it always stuck with me. It's one of my best friends from growing up. And she said, I said, I just, I can't believe my dad's not going to get to know Kinsley and Kinsley's not going to know my dad. Yeah. And she just looked at me clear as day. And she said, of course she will. And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, she'll know your dad because she knows you yeah. and you are so much like him and you'll tell stories about him. And, and we do, we talk about my dad all the time and she'll say constantly she'll, cause my, a rainbow is my sign for my dad. And she'll say, there's a rainbow. She's like, grandpa Ed says hi. And Aww. she talks about him all the time. So I still feel like even though he's not here, his memory, we've done a good job of still like allowing his memory to be with us consistently. Yeah.
0: Did he do treatment or? Did oh yeah. He, he did.
1: Multiple surgeries, treatments, everything. And then the first time he had surgery, I remember they wanted to do a study on him because they were like, oh my gosh, we got it all. He's recovering. He's amazing. He's like thriving. And then a couple of weeks later he started feeling like shit again and it came back and it was like metastasized everywhere. Mm. So it was like, no matter what they did, they kept trying to, um, remove it. And it just kept coming back. And I used to joke with him. We had this like dark sense of humor between the two of us. I was really pregnant at the time. Um, and he was making jokes about me being really pregnant, being in the pool. And I was, I just looked at him one day and, um, we were talking and I said, you know, um, you're not average. Why would your cancer be? You know, like, of course, it's going to come like with a vengeance and like be fiery and and be big. And because he was so big, my dad was only 5'10", but he had such a big personality that from the time he passed the amount, I can't even tell you the amount of people that have come to me and said, I thought your dad was like 6'3". And I'm like, no, he was 5'10", but he just felt like such a big presence.
0: Yeah, like he was like the light of the room. Yes. I love that. That
1: man could tell a story.
0: But that's how you are, though. Thank you. You have such an energy. And that's what you had talked about on your episode, that we were just kind of drawn to each other. But you attract people that you want in your life automatically. And you just give off that vibe. Thank you. And from what you've told me about Kinsley, she's the same way. She's so badass. No, she's (laughs) so badass. Six years old. And I'm like, I want to be like you. Same. She's so cool. Okay, so... We're gonna talk about all the bad stuff first, and then we'll get to the fun stuff. Let's do it. Let's talk about your divorce. Yeah. So how long were you married for? Six years. Because I don't. I, f- <coughs> I think I started following you in your post-divorce era, like right after you got divorced. Okay. So I will be told. I don't even know what your ex-husband looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't even think about if I. Went I'll back show in you after. This. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. So how did you guys meet?
1: We met kind of just through mutuals. He played football at Boston College okay. and I went to Berkeley, which is also in Boston. So we had mutuals and then we also both spent time at one point. He's from Ohio. I spent like a year there. So we had mutuals there and then we started talking on Facebook
0: Oh, back in the day. It's almost like as bad as MySpace, like the top Almost. Yeah, basically worse. And then when, like what was, what was your thing where you were like, yeah, this isn't working out?
1: To be honest, I never really talk about this publicly because he's the father of my child, obviously. So I try to keep it generally, really positive. But I think the the best thing or the like most clear thing that I can say is A, I don't think we had a good foundation. Mm. And B, we grew apart. I grew a lot. The time that my dad passed specifically, I think I really grew and I feel like he was in love with the version of me that I used to be and I wasn't her anymore. And I shouldn't have wanted to be and I didn't want to be and I was really really proud of the person that I had grown into and it was all really positive changes and I felt like we didn't grow together um and then I when my dad passed I really didn't feel and I'm and again he has his whole own side of the story and his whole own thing and I really do respect him as a human being and as a parent but I didn't feel supported mm-hmm. when my dad passed and I think that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back for me but it was already we were already struggling. We just don't really get along like as just
0: human beings,
1: human beings. And I have, again, so much respect for him as a parent. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a good person. Like, I think he's a good human being and a really good dad. Um, but he's just not my person.
0: Yeah. And there, and I think you've done such a great job at keeping it so classy. Like you, you have been through so much and like knowing you as a friend personally and behind the scenes, like you've been through so much shit with so many people not just your ex-husband but also like other people in the public eye
1: you know all the tea
0: no dude (laughs) and you keep your mouth zipped and that is something that is so hard to do especially when so many people are asking you about it or see you know distance between people or leave comments publicly like The restraint it takes to not defend yourself, especially when you're not in the wrong, is so So that's what's been
1: hard for me, to be honest. The amount of times where people have asked me in certain situations, whether it was relationships, friendships, whatever, what happened, what happened? And I know that I'm not in the wrong, but the way that I was raised was you just take the high road. Yep. And you remain the bigger person and you worry about yourself and you don't drag anybody else through the mud. And unfortunately, along the way, people have tried to drag me through the mud. And I think I've just... Kind of said, okay. Because at the end of the day, I think that people's character shines through Mm -hmm. eventually. And maybe that takes five minutes. Maybe that takes five years. But I think if you stick around long enough and you're really paying attention, when the dust settles, you'll see who's who and what's what. And I think that I've just chosen to conduct myself in a way where I felt proud of. And that looked like not dragging other people through the mud, regardless of what I felt or what I had to say. And in like IRL, obviously... In my inner circle and people who really know me super well will know the stories. But past that point, I don't speak about stuff like that. And I think, unfortunately, people have been able to frame me as the person that's, like, in the wrong in a lot of situations where I simply haven't been. Because I've been unwilling to stoop to other people's levels. And I still just, I just won't do it.
0: And it's, well,
1: yeah, but I could. You
0: you could. And you've <laughs> kept it so classy. And I also think it's just one of those things where you'll always feel better Staying silent. Yeah. Let people assume what they want to assume. That's how I
1: get to go home at the end of the night and lay my head on my pillow and fall asleep like a fucking baby Mm -hmm. because I'm proud of the person that I am. And that's why when people do come for me, let them because there just isn't anything to come for. And you can shit on me for like having lip filler or having my boobs done or like whatever other like dumb superficial things people could try to come at me for. But the reality is, um, I'm a good person and I know I'm a good person and yeah. the people that know me know that. And that's really all that matters to me. You know,
0: you also don't have to drag other people down to be successful. And I feel like a lot of other people in the industry try to shit talk publicly or just rip everyone else down. That's in the same industry to climb higher. feels like a
1: clout chasing thing.
0: It's clout chasing. It's mean girl. It's just not the vibe. No.
1: And also where are a lot of those people now? Yeah. Because the people that I think hold their head high and, and, manage to maintain and like do what they do with class and really nobody's perfect. No, we're not perfect. And so we're going to have those moments where, um, we break down and like just have a good cry or whatever sometimes, but all in all people that continuously hold their head high are the ones that win at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. So when you got divorced, how did that go? Was it amicable? Did you guys like separate Okay, we had
1: to live. I've never talked about this publicly. We had to live in the same house for a while while we were going through the divorce, and that was really hard. Yeah, that's awkward. We were like on different floors, and that was really uncomfortable. Um, But I think it was as amicable as a divorce can be. Mm -hmm. It's divorce. So it's like at the end of the day, it's not easy and it is really hard. And I had countless just tough, tough days. Um, But I think it it was as amicable as divorce can be.
0: Yeah. And how old was Kinsley when you guys got divorced?
1: Two and a half.
0: Does she remember that? No.
1: So one time she was learning about like marriage or something in school and she came home and said something about being married. And I was like, well, you know, I was married to your dad because she said, I think, are you ever going to get married? And I was like, maybe I was married to your dad. And she goes, no, you weren't. (laughs) And it was then that I realized I did the right thing at the right time because I knew I could see the course of where it was going And why wait and struggle and be miserable and all, like we obviously struggled and we did therapy and all the things, but why be miserable for years and years and years and drag her through that and then decide to do this when she's 10
0: Totally and And like
1: traumatize her. She she doesn't know any differently and she does really well going back um, between us and, and that's just all she's ever known. And I think that we do a really good job of putting her first and that's all that, you really can do in this situation.
0: Yeah, and like you said, you guys just warn each other's people. Yeah, and that's okay. And
1: it was it was very clear to me, and it remains clear. I get that question a lot. People are like, "Do you think you and your ex, whatever?" And it's like, no.
0: Yeah, and he he lives pretty close to you, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, because I know you've talked. We about live that like before. twenty minutes apart. That's kind of nice. Yeah, and you, I know he has a girlfriend that lives mm-hmm. with him. So mm-hmm. how's like the co-parenting situation? Cause I know you and I bond a lot on that yeah. aspect just cause I'm on like the other side of it, which is
1: so interesting. Like having these conversations has been really interesting to get yeah. that POV. I think for me, the more people that can love on your kid, the better. Totally. I've tried to have and maintain that perspective there have been moments where obviously it's tough and I think sometimes something that's worked for us is like, hey, pick up the phone because sometimes things can get misconstrued over text or yeah. whatever. Um, but I really try to just, on my side, I really try to just put Kinsley first and my feelings are irrelevant when it comes to like whatever is best for her is good for me. Yeah, And so I feel like we have had hard days for sure. But generally, we try to put her first and really, I guess, like, work together where we can. For example, I have a family friend's wedding this upcoming summer. And so, and then my cousin's wedding. So I said, hey, it's not my weekend for my cousin's wedding, but I would really love to bring Kinsley with me. And also, then this other wedding where I can't bring her, like, could we swap days there? Yeah, sure. So we try to be flexible when it comes to stuff like that. And But past that, I mean, we don't hang out. We're not...
0: We're not BFS. No. And nor do we need to be.
1: No, we're definitely not hanging out. But, and it's never, it's those situations can just be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but I try to focus on the positive moments we do. Um, like, for example, um, Halloween together, which was really fun this year. Yeah, it's so I Have like some fun her. moments from that. And she really loved it. And we were all together. I hope we can eventually get to the place where we're doing more things. And you and I have talked about this with your situation as well. Mm-hmm. More things together from my point of view. I would be down for that. But obviously that takes everybody being up for that.
0: Totally. And does your, sorry if this is TMI, but does your ex's girlfriend have kids of her own? No. And it's it's one of those things where, again, we're not like shitting on anyone. I just think like co-parenting is a huge topic I get asked about because yeah. it's so difficult. And I wish I had someone in my shoes to look for 10 years ago that could help me through such a difficult time to navigate because I've done so much learning and growing and maturing because obviously I became a stepmom at 18 where I was helping raise someone else's kids that were not mine and obviously I look at them as mine but from
1: and that's what you hope
0: of course like that's what you hope
1: of that person I would be like what kind of person would I be if I sat and said like I hope like I don't want that I want her to view Kinsley as part of her family because totally. I want Kinsley to be happy.
0: Totally. That's
1: the most important thing for me. So yeah. it's good for me if everything is great there. So yeah. I really encourage that because that's that's the goal for me. Like I want her to be happy there and I want her to be happy with me.
0: Yeah. And when I, you know, when I had my blood children, Ziggy and Stevie, I was able to really take a step back and you know make sure that her feelings were prioritized but I also put myself in her shoes in the sense of god forbid David and I get divorced and some other woman fills my role in his household when there's special things that happen like Small things like a shopping spree for their birthday or like a birthday dinner or a party. Like,
1: I've even thought about like when she starts her period, if I'm not there, like, I I hope I get that call, like, hey, come over. Like, she because there's just some moments where you need your mom,
0: you need your mom, 100%. And I'm, I so I try to extend that invite and make sure she feels excluded. And I know that included or oh, sorry, God, included. It's the wine, thank you for (laughs) correcting me. So I I try to, you know, invite her and include her. I don't think she's maybe ready for it. And that's okay. I don't know if she ever will be. I think think that's the same thing in my situation. But it's, it's just the point of trying. And I always make sure to, like, voice to my girls. Like, they usually are the ones that communicate. Like, we got them iPhones so we can FaceTime whenever.
1: How old were they when you got them iPhones?
0: Um... Oh gosh, eight and ten, but they had no internet. It was just texting and calling. First, they had like the gizmo watches. That's what
1: Kinsley wants right now, and I'm like six is a little young, babe. But I told her the same. I was thinking like nine or ten.
0: And I will tell you the reason why was because we had to like text his ex wife, be like, hey, can we call it this time? It was just hard to coordinate. Mm -hmm. And then what we what ended up happening was Dave and I upgraded our iPhones and we had our extras and we're like, let's just tell like turn on the cellular data. Makes and then sense. we just kept it, but it was just hard going back and forth, but I have them communicate. I'm like, Hey, why don't you text your mom and see if she wants to go shopping for your birthday? Like, yes, I I'll, love that. I also think it's important to include them, to show them that like, I want to like, I want to include your gap. mom. It's not me like 100%. leaving her out or whatever. Intentionally. 100%. Yeah. Cause that's something they'll remember forever. Yes, And like, I have to put my feelings aside and make sure that, you know, I have to think about if Stevie was in their shoes and I would want to be included Absolutely. because I would feel so heartbroken if not. So it's just hard. Like co-parenting is so hard. It doesn't matter how chill it is, who you're dealing with. Like, it's just like a, it's a fragile subject.
1: Absolutely. And no matter how good your situation is, it's always a hard situation. Totally. And I think we're almost like doing a disservice to people if we don't say that it's hard because it is. Yeah. And then it's also like setting this unrealistic expectation when I think we're doing a good job and like how I'm gauging that is because Kinsley's an amazing human. She's so cool. She's so cool. She's smart. She's resilient. She's like interesting and brave and kind and she's so positive. And so we're doing a good job because she's turning out amazing Mm -hmm. and that's really all that matters. And so whatever happens behind the scenes and behind the curtain is something that I want to kind of keep, you know, her, her knowledge needs to be minimal to that. Only ever speak really highly of them around her. And I think it's, Hopefully, you know, just better and better every day.
0: Totally. So let's talk about dating.
1: Let's talk about dating.
0: Because I... The, I had a third
1: date last night.
0: Okay, yes. I want to talk about that. Because your TikTok with like your dating advice and red flags is just thriving. Like I love that sort of Girl,
1: like exhale on that one. The amount of things that I've been through, and I say this on my TikTok, but I don't give advice on dating from my ivory tower. I give it because I have been divorced I've been engaged, I called it off, I've dated, and I get it, Mm -hmm. I really get it, I've been love-bombed, I've dated a sociopath, that was fun, (laughs) and so I have really, I've dated like amazing people and the fucking worst people, like I've really dated the the whole spectrum of amazing humans that I have absolutely nothing but wonderful things to say about, I still sing their praises to this day, to like the worst people. So I think for me, I don't just know that I don't ever give advice thinking that like I'm perfect and, um, it's not this holier than thou thing. It's like, I've done it the right way and I've done it the wrong way. And let me help you so that you don't fall into the same traps that I did and, and hit the same speed bumps that I didn't have to suffer some of the same bullshit that I did because I wouldn't wish that on anyone.
0: Yeah. And you, so you talked about your engagement. Cause I remember when that happened. Yeah. I remember that whole thing and I was like, it was, kind of, it was kind of fast, right?
1: It was really, really fast. How? And that was part of the manipulation and the everything that I went through with that. And the crazy thing is that from the, and this is social media for you, but the outside looking in, I think that looked like, oh my gosh, this amazing day. My stomach hurt all day.
0: When you got engaged?
1: It hurt all day. I was sick to my stomach. I had so much anxiety. Audrey too.
0: Did you know what was happening?
1: Um, yeah, I had a feeling I didn't know for sure, but I had a feeling and Audrey too. She was like, I felt sick all day.
0: Oh shit. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. I th- I'm a big believer that your body we'll will warn you. you before, you know, 100% your body will warn you before your mind knows or like can necessarily comprehend what it is that your body's feeling. But recently, like a couple of weeks ago, I went on a few dates with someone and he was pretty love bombing and I had experienced that in full force in my engagement and so I could recognize it right away, and right away I realized it, again I could feel like my heart was racing, and people always sit and they say, "Oh, I have butterflies." It's like, no, bitch, that's anxiety. Yeah, that's not butterflies. That's anxiety. There's a difference, and there's a big difference. You should almost feel, in my best relationships, the person has almost made me like so comfortable and calm that like I get a little sleepy the first couple times because you're just relaxed. Yes, And even when you're excited, you're just comfortable. There's a huge difference in that, in feeling an overwhelming amount of anxiety. And that is your body trying to tell you that something is off.
0: How long were you guys dating before he proposed? Four months. Four months? How, what was like your first red flag with him?
1: Ooh, um, I think he became really jealous of my career. Really? He was really successful in his own right.
0: No, I remember your ring, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. he has something. I
1: felt like I was going to get kidnapped, to be honest. I think for me, it like, sounded really great, and then I would wear it, and I was like, I can't wear this like out. I felt it was kidnappy. Are you
0: able to see what he does or no? He ran a company. Okay. And how did you guys meet?
1: Um, Raya. What's that? The dating app for, uh, yeah.
0: I mean, not, I'm like the Disney movie, Raya. No,
1: no, it's like a, <laughs> it's like a bunch of, it's- celebrities or athletes oh cool um, So people with followings and then there's people who aren't in the public eye too they get referred that way or just successful people basically
0: okay and sounds
1: so douchey
0: why no it's not douchey at all no it's it's way different when you have a following because you people have bad intentions yeah i feel like that's kind of nice that that platform exists because like you've told me in the, in the past that you've dated people that want to be like TikTok famous and they want to use your platform yeah, for that. So there was that uncomfy. one time.
1: Um, so he was running a company and I feel like he also drank a lot, mm. which I like to have a drink with friends. Totally. This kind of setting, but I'm not like a drinker. Yeah. And so I, obviously when I go out, like I'll drink, but like I'm not at home by myself mm-hmm. drinking on a Tuesday. He was raising money for his company at the time. And that was always sort of the excuse. Like, oh, I'm just so stressed out. And when you have such a small sample size of knowing someone you don't really know yet, which is why I say I have like a 90-day rule. Yeah. Which is you really don't know someone. My best friend and I always joke, we'll say, look, we'll be talking to someone for a while and we'll look at each other and be like, I do not know this man. Because you really don't know someone at least for at least the first three months. People can really hide who they are and they can really present the best version of themselves to you for a, at least the three month mark is where I find like it, people unravel before that, but the three to four month mark is when people just like really can't hide it usually anymore. Yeah.
0: hundred percent. And I feel like they always put on that show because they want you like locked in.
1: And he was really, it was controlling and things like that.
0: What? made him propose so soon was that like something i think he no
1: i think he wanted to lock it in Mm -hmm. because he knew he was about to like spiral that's my theory but oh shit who knows
0: okay so he spiraled
1: yeah so after this is not funny but i this is really not funny but i've never really talked about this i always um keep it pretty it was really bad it was scary i had to get myself out of the situation like that's usually how i phrase it yeah but for me um I get, like, I smile when I'm uncomfortable emotionally, so I don't actually think this is funny. This is just, like, my emotionally stunted response.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we (laughs) talked about this off-camera, too, so I know, like, it's not a funny thing.
1: But when I'm on camera and I'm having to talk about, like, heavy things, it's a little, like...
0: For sure, yeah, it's it's scary. So once he proposed, then, do you think things just, like, clicked and he was a different human?
1: Yeah, I think he thought he had me, Mm. but I don't work like that. No. So I think he thought he had me, so then he just started um, spiraling kind of from there. It was very, like, verbally abusive and then other things. So it was really, really hard. And I felt trapped, to be honest, um, for a while because I felt like I was already the girl that went through a public divorce. And again, like, I stand behind myself on that. I feel 100% unequivocally. And my mom came... My mom was my first episode of my podcast ever, and she came on and I dead ass look, turned the face. And I said, do you think I did the right thing getting divorced? And she said, yes, hundred percent. I do.
0: Good.
1: And I do too. I just
0: want a happy, I just want my soulmate.
1: Is that too much to ask for? So when someone shows me that they're not a good person, it's like, of course that's not Courtney can't hold a relationship, but it's like, that is how people chose to, I thought that people were going to choose to spend that. And so I was nervous mm-hmm. for a while that it was going to be like man, this girl just got divorced. Now she got engaged and she called it off. Like, what did she do? Yeah. And again, going back to whether it was friendships or whatever else, because I had never publicly trashed people and put that out there, people were left to run with their own narratives. And that started to look kind of like, well, what did I do?
0: I also hate that it's fucking pinned on the woman. Like yeah. the fact that it's pinned on a woman that's successful with a public platform Because you had two relationships that didn't work out. It's automatically your fault. I hate that shit.
1: And I think I didn't really know, to be honest, because I hadn't dated. I was with my ex-husband for like eight or nine years. And so that was my whole 20s. Yeah. So I didn't really know like what people are like. I didn't know what love bombing was. I didn't know what narcissists were. I didn't know what any of that was. I didn't think that people were capable of that level of deceit or because I'm not. So like I didn't recognize that in someone else I guess now I can see it a mile away because I've experienced it but I didn't recognize that yeah at first and so I think unfortunately I always thought that I would never be the girl in that situation but if it can happen to me it can happen to anybody which is why I give a lot of the advice I give on TikTok to help people avoid getting in the situations that I got into because I am so proud of the person that I am and the fact that I got out of that it it was a Once I saw things for what they were, I immediately left and I never went back and I never saw him again.
0: Did you guys live together?
1: Not really. So it was like he was almost in the process of moving in. We got a place in California together. What? So where? I'm on the beach. What beach? Um, not Malibu. Why am I blanking? Um, what's it?
0: Huntington, Newport. No. Ocean or I mean, by Venice. What's
1: by Venice? Orange County. It's like the one to right by Venice. No, not the OC. It's fine. So whatever. We, got a, we got a place. Uh, Santa Monica? Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah, Santa Monica. Okay, sorry. Oh, wow.
0: damn.
1: Santa Monica, it was she beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, and first of all, I felt really pressured to do that. Mm. But I was excited because it was also like beautiful and it was the beach. And he wanted to be there because his company was there. Okay. And mine was home. And I had Kinsley every other week. So I thought, you know, I'll sacrifice and I'll go there some And then be here. So we were kind of in the process of moving into that. Having our stuff there together. And that's when shit really hit the fan. I did not know So I really only went there that one time. And then I never went back.
0: Wow. Did you guys buy it?
1: No. No. We were renting it. Oh. Okay. That's good. My name was on the lease though. And I had to get it off.
0: So. You obviously ended the relationship. Was this an in-person thing or on the phone thing?
1: Um, This was an in-person thing. And you were like, bye. Um. Let's just say there was a, a Vegas hotel room and some bad shit that went down and I had to get End it right to safety another. and get out of the situation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I obviously know what happened like off camera, but you did the right thing.
1: Yeah. hundred like, percent. No doubt. It's um,
0: because I also knowing what happened, you also have a child yeah, and you could have had more children together, and I I know how affected you are still to this day. So first of all, I'm proud of you Thank for you. leaving that. And I've I,
1: never taught even remotely like touched yeah. on. And any I of fucking
0: this. hate. Again, it's so hard. Like we live such a privileged life where we can, you know, share a life on social media and make money from we're it. We're
1: so we're so blessed.
0: We are so blessed, but we're also in such a sticky situation when you know we publicly announce relationships like that and it's gone whether it's friendly or intimately because i know how much shit you got for ending that but i also know you would be in far more
1: turmoil if you would have stayed oh it would be so bad yeah can't even imagine it would be so bad um i think for the most part, when I actually chose to come on and I think I said something, I was, and I honestly feel like I blacked it all out because I was in such a post like trauma reaction um, that it was all a blur. But I felt like in that moment, I said something along the lines of um, I, the situation was really bad and I need to get out of it. And I think people could see that I was emotional and that I meant it. And then it was a really unfortunate situation. And because of that, it didn't matter what like the really small percentage of people said, because most people really showed up for me Mm -hmm. and most people like my following is so amazing and I'm so blessed and I'm so grateful for them. They've been riding with me on this journey for so long that most of them saw that for what it was and was like, yes, get out. Like, thank God you're okay. Thank God Kinsley's okay. Like get out of the situation. Um, and I think again, as much as I don't want to be the person that has to talk about all this hard shit, it is, if I can help someone else, like give someone else the strength to leave a heart, like a bad situation too, then it will have been worth it. But it was right about the time I ended it when we were shooting the photos to launch the first ever Dibs photo shoot. Oh. It was like a couple of weeks after that. And that's what pulled me out of the darkness. Mm-hmm. It was this moment of like, get up, bitch. Like you got things to do. This is something you've wanted your whole life. No one is going to take that from you.
0: And speaking of that, let's talk about it, because I I am at the point in my career that, like, I gain nothing talking about anything but, like, things that I love. Like, I genuinely thrive off working with companies or just using products that I love. And, you know, like, I think I did one campaign with Dibs, like, last week on my stories, but, like, was other than that... was the first one. Yeah, but, like, other than that, I just... Genuinely fucking love the product. Thank and again, you. like I get so much shit sent to my house every day that I've tried everything on the market. And it's just when I gravitate towards every day. So I think you, you guys have like truly kicked ass in this company. And I know that was like one of the first things I talked with you about at the Dibs event, but like
1: talk to me about
0: how Dibs started.
1: It's so fun. It all kind of spurred from a Tula collaboration that I did years ago. Ended up being at the time like the highest grossing day in the history of the company, for Tula, and both of the co-founders were like, who the hell is this? They reached out, and Dibs was born from that. Then we brought Jeff in, and it's been so fun. Like, I really feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing.
0: Yeah, and it's for those that don't know, Dibs (coughs) stands for Desert Island Beauty Status, which is basically like, if you're on a desert island, what would you choose? So if you guys have seen me get ready, and I have, like, my little pink stick, and one side's contour, (laughs) one side's blush, that's Dibs. My, like, dual-ended brush... We wanted to
1: give people more. It was like more time back, more for your money, more uses of products. And I wanted to make things that were kind of like multi-use and you could do them everywhere. You were saying earlier, like I do it as my bronzer. I do it in my crease. I do it all these places. And we wanted to give you more, especially for like busy people who have shit to do, but they want to look hot. We wanted to give you more, um, uncomplicated color combinations, like pairing things together to take the guesswork out, make it super easy, but also do it in a way that was like sexy and fun and cool. Because I feel like so many products that are more multi-use are, were like boring, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I never gravitated towards them. I feel like, especially as women, we shop with our eyes. I wanted it to be pretty totally. and like the best formulas and smell amazing. So it's sort of this whole... Um, full circle experience where you're smelling it and then it's shimmery and it just makes you feel good it's like a joy to vive thing
0: yes and I remember like back in my nursing days when I did like a I think I did like a get ready with me on my stories where I did like my my five products get ready with me at like 5 a.m and one of them was dibs because I got two for
1: one makes me so happy that's like the exact reason that we started the brand, like for things like that
0: yes and it's like it doesn't matter if you're like a businesswoman on the go a stay-at-home mom a nurse like there's so many uses out of it, and you've just, like, thrived in this era. Thank and you. And it makes me so happy. And you don't
1: need a master class. Like, truly anyone can do it. You cannot mess it up. Like, if you're scared of creams, or you're scared of blush, or you've never contoured before, like, try it. I promise it's going to be – it's the easiest thing ever.
0: Yeah, and it's – after this, we're going to go shopping, but we're going to go out for a little bit, and Quartz can do my makeup. And I'm I'm so excited, so excited to do your glam. I can't wait. Because I'm, like – I mean, I use dibs every day, but, like, I want the founder of dibs to do my glass. I got you, girl. Like, that's iconic. I got you. Okay, so let's talk about
1: dating. Because Let's dive in.
0: you just went on, like, kind of a successful third date. It was a
1: successful third date. And I usually, to be honest, I know, like, if I'm not into somebody, I mean, still barely know him. It has not been 90 days. Um, so, you know my rule. <clears throat> but still... I eliminate people so quickly because I'm very very crystal clear on what I want and what I am not willing to accept and I'm not willing to settle. We talked about your story mm-hmm. with your husband, how you guys <laughs> met, and that's what I want. Like I it's so inspiring to me. We talked about that on your episode of my podcast and it's so inspiring and and encouraging because that I know that that's out there and I am unwilling to settle for anything that isn't that. Yeah. So and dating I- is a part of that journey. You got to there's lots of frogs we'll just say that but the third date yeah. was successful oh, So yeah tea, we made pizzas and it was really fun he's so cute he is really
0: cute. he seems like really thoughtful she told me she can I say about the list of the of the dates yeah sure she he like <laughs> really
1: some real tea it's
0: so cute he like texted her a list of like it was like six or eight different like date night ideas and like let her pick like I love that shit
1: if he wanted to, he would. It was but a lot a of effort. But that's man. So, but that's how I'm dating right now, right? It's like intentionally. Because I'm putting a lot of intention in. I don't have a lot of free time. So if I'm going to take time away from working my friends, like anything like that, I don't obviously take time from Kens. It's like different weeks. But on my mm-hmm. non Kinsley weeks, if I'm going to take time away from the things that are really important to me in the life that I've built, because I love the life that I built. I say this all the time. Being single is not lonely. Yeah. Being trapped in a shit-ass relationship, that's lonely. So I just refuse to do it. So for me, if I'm going to take time away, it has to be a situation I'm really excited about. And I want the person to put an intention because it's intentional for me.
0: What's your type?
1: I don't know if I have a type, but tall for (laughs) sure when it comes to like physically, they have to be witty.
0: Oh, yes. They have to make your belly laugh.
1: emotionally intelligent. Like if you can't banter Mm -hmm. with me, and you're not emotionally intelligent. Like I'm immediately turned off. That's
0: right. If you can't cry, don't
1: date. <clears throat> I don't think I have a type as far as like, I don't care about your hair color, your eye color, whatever. I've always been like drawn to taller guys. It's not a deal breaker. I mean, like maybe at a certain height, it's still no breaker, <laughs> but it's not like a deal breaker in that regard. It, to me, I want someone that's genuinely nice and genuinely kind. I think I've dated, um, I had like a fuckboy boy era because... I dated people, Ali, my producers back there, laughing because it's true. Um, and we met through my ex who she knows I'm talking about. But I have, I had this era of feeling like people, I need someone who's really confident. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing in hindsight, it was this uh, false sense of confidence. I thought people would come and they'd be these big personalities, kind of life at the party, but they weren't truly confident. They were actually really insecure. So now I just want someone who's grounded and humble and kind and funny And hot and tall, preferably.
0: Can we talk about sex?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: So, we were talking on my pot or on your episode, I'm sorry, of your podcast, where we were like, the hate that (laughs) last sip of wine. Yeah, literally, I'm like, chug it. The hate that gets like that surrounds vibrators, and I can't like deal with that. It's like the justice
1: for the vibrator, (laughs)
0: it's the lack of confidence of men they are like oh you want to use a vibrator during sex might not get enough it's like shut the fuck up and just keep going like just like click stop. it again i literally can't deal with that so like yeah do you have a rule when it comes to sex of like when you'll put out or is it just like a feeling or a vibe that it's you a get? vibe okay
1: um for me it's all about a vibe and it's all about my intention in the moment mm-hmm. there have been times when if i'm not looking for a boyfriend or like when I haven't been looking for a boyfriend that looks really different than when I want to date you yeah and for me like that will ebb and flow I don't think that there's a right answer and a wrong answer I think you can sleep with someone on the first date or you can wait 800 months if you want to I don't give a fuck like do you do you I'm the least judgmental person when it comes to this. For me, it's all about a feeling, and I trust myself and my intuition. I'm confident enough in myself to know that, like all know, when the time is right.
0: Yeah. Oh, I had sex with my husband on the second date, and we've been together for ten years. You just know.
1: So I think too. By the way, the worst kind of man, because it's so misogynistic and hypocritical. If you hook up with someone and they judge you for it, it's like, bitch, you were here too.
0: What? I you haven't. Had that no, no, no. Happen? I haven't struggled with that, but I oh, have okay. had friends
1: who I think, like, the guy loses interest because they sleep with them. I mean, that's, like, an age-old tale, I feel like. Um, And for me, it's, like, that's good. Weed your ass out. Like, it's the easiest person to say keep it push into. So, for me, I don't have a set timeline. I just go based on how I feel, and that has never let me down. Um, I'm confident in that department, and that has never let me down. Like, I feel like I'll know when the right time has come.
0: What turns you on? Like, Men taking control, or do you like taking control?
1: I like to ebb and flow with that. This is so specific, but, like, non-sexual turn-ons, too. I guess this, like, leads to an eventual sexual turn-on, but, like, big hands.
0: Okay, big hands, but do you know what I was talking to my girlfriends about the other day is... Mm. And Scotty counts as my girlfriend. It's... Obviously. Obviously. He is just such a fucking I'm watching him put
1: on his dibs lip gloss earlier over there. Slay, Scotty.
0: No, he's literally a vibe. It's... I will never, even with my husband to this day, no woman wants to put out if they don't feel emotionally connected to a man. Must. Like, even if my husband and I are just, like, aren't vibing, if we're just, like, having kind of an off week. Like, I'm sorry, I don't want to have sex with you. No,
1: like, and men don't get that because no. men can look at you and they think you're hot and there's a physical attraction and they have, like, they, a they're, they're, like, they want to fuck. Women yes. need to feel an emotional connection in yes. order to feel... Turn on. Like we want to do that. So yes. I think the deeper your emotional connection is. So like if somebody listens to me, there's nothing more, like there's nothing hotter than feeling understood.
0: Yes, and it's also like the better your intimacy, the better your relationship. But also, intimacy does not come with a shitty relationship. Like it all coincides. And people are always like, "Your your marriage is amazing. Your sex life's amazing." I'm like, "Yeah," because they go together. Yes, it's all the I also same. think.
1: So for me, that's why, like, lately, especially, typically, I've been waiting longer. Because for me, having sex with someone that I don't know that well, that I'm not emotionally connected to, is boring. Yeah, Like, totally. that does not sound exciting or fulfilling at all to me. Like, I want to know you. I want to understand you. I want you to know me and understand me. Because it's going to be so much better. I have no desire to just, like, I'm 36 years old. Like, I've, I've been here. Like, I don't need to just do that to do it. It's, yeah. not, it's just not exciting to me.
0: Sex and intimacy are two completely different categories.
1: But I think one... One together, they're amazing, one without the other. You can have intimacy, and your sex is going to be amazing, but if you have sex without intimacy, it's just so lackluster. Totally. And who has time for that?
0: Wait, I love this. Wait, we're kind of getting, like, sexy. I love it. Okay, so do you like lingerie?
1: Yeah, of course. What's your favorite brand? I don't know. Kirsten, what's that brand that I like? I go to L's here. We can put it in the description or something. I'll... There's this really bougie lingerie boutique here. Don't go unless you want to drop a pretty dime, but it's called Elle's and it's stunning. It's all like French lingerie and I'll wear that shit for me too. No. Like there's so much stuff right now sitting in my drawer with tags that no man has had the blessing of seeing on because it's, it's not for you.
0: You know what? I have so many photos of myself in my own camera roll with lingerie that I'm like, I don't even say... Like, I'll just look at it for myself. Like, yeah. I'm feeling like shit about myself today. I just feel nasty. Hype yourself up. I click on that photo of myself and I zoom in. And I'm like, no, you're looking pretty good after two kids. <laughs> you
1: look pretty damn good. Look. Can confirm. I just yeah. saw you naked a minute ago. <laughs> I did. I did.
0: <laughs> I- we're staying in, like, is that considered downtown Austin? Yeah, downtown. And
1: it's my favorite hotel. Yeah, here. the
0: hotel so cute. And the whole hotel room is like a giant window. And Scotty's sitting in bed. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Austin, good morning. I'm like completely naked. I showed Courtney that video and she's like, oh my God, you're is Like, body damn, really, so you cute. look good. <laughs> For real. It's the new titties. Okay, let's talk new about that. I want to talk about that because I, in. March, yeah, March of this year. So, wait, how long ago is that?
1: Okay, mine was like maybe eight months ago.
0: Okay, yeah, because I so I We never talked about this, but I was naturally a 34 double
1: D. Okay, same. Yeah.
0: I had huge boobs, and my sister's a 34 triple D. She never had kids, so we're just, like, very busty family.
1: Yes. I was 34 double D until I had Kinsley, and then they got significantly smaller because I breastfed her for nine months, and she sucked them dry. Oh. They were so sad. The saggy socks? Someone told me that at Nordstrom. So, when I was at Nordstrom, someone said, and I quote, She's like, oh, your boobs, like, they're great. They're pregnancy boobs, whatever. Like, they're perky, they're juicy, they're full. She's like, just wait until you breastfeed. They're going to look like socks. And I stood there horrified. And I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. And it's, no, she's not wrong.
0: I remember, like, being on all fours at the gym. It's
1: <laughs> like, visual. Oh, they're my just, God, like, it's so
0: bad. <laughs> And I was wearing like a sports <coughs> bra. I was like, I'm feeling myself like post-breastfeeding, whenever. And I like look in the mirror and I'm like these long, like skinny, <laughs> like <laughs> they're like, it's the gap of like four inches for me. And I was like, I literally went home and I said, look at David. I said, I'm scheduling a fucking titty console. Like Do you have implants and a yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I You know bre- what size are your implants? Um a
1: 330.
0: Okay. CC. So i breastfed Ziggy for like almost a year and then Stevie for 14 months Damn. and I knew when I stopped breastfeeding Ziggy like they were so bad but I also knew I was gonna have another kid so I was like I'll just wait so oh my god they were so bad and I almost just got implants and not a lift and she was like you no yeah she was like they're gonna sit so funky because you're basically she didn't want to tell me but like my boobs were so saggy it would have never worked
1: I look at my before pictures and I'm like
0: Oh, I showed Scotty a nudie once, and I was like, "Look at!" and he was like, "Oh my god!" Like in his head, he's like, "Poor thing." Where? How are you still getting it? So on my left, she had to take tissue out because that was the boob. I that do feel like guys don't milk. care. No, he. I David don't think would they care. Never care. But it was hundred percent for me. Exactly.
1: Like I'm sure he's super excited now yes. and he loves it, but he probably wouldn't give a shit.
0: It was like when I wanted to go braless and I had to like tape up. All this loose skin. So
1: same. I always have said I would be fine with having small boobs. I'm not fine with having big boobs that are saggy. Because you can't wear anything. That's what's so frustrating. I'm like, there's two bras in this bitch. I can't wear anything backless. I'm strapping them up to the heavens. Like, it's a whole thing. Yeah.
0: I have a photo of me trying on clothes at Urban Outfitters and I'm in a bra <laughs> and I took a photo. My The entire bottom of my left titty was literally hanging to my belly button under my bra. And no. I was like, this is unacceptable. No. It was, I mean, all titties are beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But it's also... It's
1: all about just you do you though. Yes. Like whatever if your body feel good. and you love it, amazing. Yeah. Whatever makes Rock you it. feel
0: good and confident. And I was at the point where I got a tubal ligation after my C-section with Stevie. So I can't get pregnant again, even if I tried. And... I was like, this is,
1: like, my feel-good era,
0: and I want to feel good in my body.
1: Amazing. Do you feel really good? I do feel really good. Good. Um, Tell me about your boobs. Um, I had a lift as well. When was that? An implant, like, eight months ago. So I actually had a lift after I had Kinsley. Okay. I can't even remember. I want to say it was, like, through three or four, probably four years ago or something at this point. Mm -hmm. She was, like, maybe two and a half. Oh, no, it was. It was, like, right around the time of, um, right before my divorce, I think, and... um, so I had very small implants put in and she left, uh, they left like my natural tissue and they just got saggy again. And so we ended up taking out a lot of my natural tissue this time. Cause obviously if it fails the first time, it's going to fail again and then putting in a bigger implant. So it was like the same size that I was naturally, but actually like full and perky where I had no volume up here or anything. And I got shit at first because, so I have a built in a bra, like the mesh under it, which um they do and then it like disintegrates or disappears or whatever. I wanna say it's like 18 months in or something. And that's to help them so they stay really high at first and then they fall like a little bit and I'm so happy with where they are now, but they were like in my chin at first, literally, and people were like, Your boobs are so high. And it's like you know shit. Like yeah. they have to be high on purpose because then they're gonna fall and that's the point. Like if these started out where I wanted them to be, then they're going to be back down here again. And we're yeah. at square one.
0: Exactly. I know so many people that I got lifts before and now their boobs are like saggy, back down to their belly buttons. Like gravity is a real exactly. thing. Exactly, And the
1: tissue has already failed. That's why you had saggy boobs in the first place. Totally. So I needed the built-in bra mesh situation. I'm really glad I got it. And I would do it again for, I would allow them to be too high for a while. Cause who gives a shit? Like six months of your life versus yeah. years and years and years. So.
0: What size is your implant?
1: Was 415 or something. Oh, Mine are different sizes. I'm going to say it's like 415 and then 420 or 25 or something. But again, she took out so much of my natural yeah. tissue. So it was replacing the natural boob, I guess. Yeah.
0: Do you think you'll ever have more kids?
1: I don't know. I yeah. genuinely don't know. I think if it was really important to my partner, if I find one, <laughs> that... You will. That... Depending on the time frame, right? Like, if I find one in a time frame where I can still have kids, it's not off the table. It's not something I feel personally really hardcore about, like, absolutely have to. I have such an amazing child. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I feel fulfilled. And if I don't find that, I feel really blessed that I got that experience one time with her. If it was an absolute deal breaker for someone else and that person was the love of my life, then yeah, probably. But I don't necessarily need it on my own accord. So, I'm open to the possibilities of that shaking out either way.
0: What fills your cup? Like if you're like having a rough day. Good question.
1: And. I'll pay you the big bucks for nothing, huh? (laughs)
0: Stop. (laughs) And Kinsley's at her dad's and you're like, you know what? I need a day for court. Like what would fill your cup?
1: Spending time with my mom. Liz. And my family, like with Kinsley is really important. But if she's at her dad's house, spending time with my mom. My mom really, really grounds me.
0: She seems like such a badass. You did you listen
1: to the first episode? Yeah, you get to know her really well. She's my
0: badass. I love her.
1: She's so cool. She's so resilient. Yeah. She's such a badass. So spending time with my mom really grounds me and my best friends. Like really spending time with the people that I love, I think is absolutely what fills my cup up. Working out or going for a walk or doing something physical and spending time with the people that I love and getting dressed up, looking hot, putting an outfit on I love, doing my glam. I genuinely like that. I'm so comfortable without makeup. I don't feel like I need makeup. I don't feel like anybody needs makeup. Very comfortable and confident without it. I like it. Mm-hmm. I want to do it. So I think getting glam, spending time with my friends and my family, and yeah. going on a walk or getting some form of fresh air.
0: You hooked me on walks like a long Uh, time ago because before they were a thing no really they were like it
1: was my saving grace during quarantine
0: yeah like I would put headphones on and just go for a walk because I would see your stories and I was like I'm gonna go for a walk and it really helps it really
1: helps I was going through my divorce at the beginning of quarantine and the walks saved me Because again, we were living together at this point. So I would go for a walk and I'll never remember. It's like such a low point for me. I'm on my favorite walk, which is down by this lake. And I do this whole three mile walk and I get down to this spot and I made myself a promise. I go down to the spot. I stand there. I just pause no matter what I'm doing. If I'm on the phone, I hang up. I tell the person I have to call them back. If I'm listening to a podcast, I pause it. listening to music. I just sit there for a couple of minutes in silence and I just breathe. Mm -hmm. And I just exhale and I just thought, I'm sitting there, I just ended a phone call and all of a sudden I lean over to look in the water and I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm like, you got this. And one of my AirPods falls in the water <laughs> I just see it go, You're like, like down to the bottom of the fuck. lake. And I was like, fuck me. Like, are you kidding <laughs> I don't me got this. right now? I was like, this sucks. And then I just like did the rest of my I'm walk. And I just, I have this thing that I say where I'm always like, not today. Yeah. Not, not today, today, Satan. Like, age. I'm not dealing with this today. Absolutely yeah. not. And it was one of those moments where the headphones hit the water. I didn't even bend down, try to get it. I just saw it spiraling just like me down to the bottom of the lake. And I thought, you know what? Not today.
0: Yeah. I'm just going to let that go. I think walks, like something small like a walk is important for people that are constantly like sharing their life or Such on a their good phone mental. all the time. Like, I just like need to put my phone down. Like I told you on your podcast, like, I'll just put, like, plug my phone in and put it in the kitchen nook and just leave it being go in the playroom with the, with my kids or, like, spend time with David because you just have to disconnect. And I feel like getting fresh air in a walk makes the biggest mood change for me.
1: Yes. And
0: you taught me that.
1: Thank you. I, I love mean, that. That means so much. It's very refreshing. Yeah. No, and it, it really can is. switch your mood. It can change your perspective. Makes you feel... It makes your problems feel small sometimes. Yeah, I like to get out and get fresh air and allow my problems to feel small because people are dealing with so much worse. And to be able to sit there, it's the same way that I feel about going to the beach. That's mm-hmm. why the beach is one of my favorite places on earth because you can sit there or looking at the stars and you can put your feet in the sand and look at all of the tiny little grains of sand everywhere and just think like, wow, as big as my problems seem, sometimes I am so like, minuscule in the grand scheme of life it's okay. It's going to be okay. The sun will come up tomorrow. It will keep shining and everything will be okay. And I think when you're allow yourself to get that perspective, you can move forward in such a better headspace.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, I feel like we'd have to end it there because that was so iconic. Oh, great! Give it like literally Courtney, she'll leave it to her to give like the most like iconic life quote at the end. You, she, and you're Making like, me blush, girl. but you're like that off camera too, where you have like the best life advice just like, in the back of your head at all times like it's always coming out and I love that and I truly learn stuff from you every single day so thank you I'm proud to have you on cheers I'm proud to call you a friend and thank you for being here
1: love you it's been an honor I love you well
0: I know you don't have anything in your class I don't have anything to cheer I think that's bad
1: luck I'll cheers you with my water slay thank you so much for being here anytime cheers guys bye
0: guys